0: Be turning in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. Tonight I want to talk to you about holiness. And you know, this word holy, a lot of times we we think as human beings that we, we just can't be holy, you know. It kind of has a, a negative connotation for some people because, you know, there's the, the old saying, you know, well, they just think they're holier than thou, you know. You kind of have this negative outlook on being holy to some extent because you think anybody that thinks they are holy is somehow uh, arrogant. They're thinking they're better than everybody else. Well, the word holy means pure in heart, temper or dispositions, free from sin and sinful affections. So can we really be holy? Well, I believe we can. And I definitely believe that we can strive to be holy. So let's look in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear." And you see, the the Word tells us here, and if you go back and look in the Old Testament, you'll see several other places that God pretty much commanded us to be holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And you know, we all know that we're supposed to be like Christ in everything we do. And we all know that He was holy. Now, you know, sometimes we start thinking that being holy means you're perfect. And those two things are not equal when you're talking about in terms of the human. Now, if you talk about God, yeah, God is perfect in His holiness. He's perfect in every way. But we can only aspire to attain to that level of holiness, you see. But that doesn't mean we can't be holy. It doesn't mean that we can't still set ourselves apart and be different based on on the word that we just read, obviously there is a way to become holy or, or God wouldn't have commanded us to be holy you know he's never told us to do anything that we couldn't do or without providing a way that we could do it you know we can't be perfect I don't believe I think if you could be perfect you wouldn't you wouldn't need a savior So God knew that and He set the bar high but He also provided a way that we could fall in line with that. You see, He sent His Son to die for. us. So I believe any time that God has commanded us to do something, we can safely assume that there is a way we can do that. He wouldn't expect something of us that wasn't possible is what I'm trying to say. So, some of us think that there's no way to become holy so we don't even try, you know. I've seen people like that before. They they, they say, well, there's no way I can ever do it so I'm not even going to bother trying. I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live. And that's not the attitude to have as a Christian. That's not the way you know that we should think because obviously God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be like Him. Amen. And why does He want us to do that? Why does He want us to be holy? It's not just because... He wants us to be like Him, which He does. But He knows that in order for us to be in fellowship with Him, we can't be a part of those other things, you see. So, all of God's desire for us is good. All the things He wants for us to to take on this new image of is strictly so that we can be in fellowship with Him. Now, this holiness... You know, the place that <clears throat> that I really see this being uh, a part of my life, the thing that really, I don't know, I guess the place I see the most conviction is in the things I used to do before I turned my life over to God. And those things that to me now would be a hindrance if I were to take part in them. You see, those things prevent me from being holy. Whatever they may be, you can look at your life and find what they are for you. I'm not going to try to get into that tonight and I'm not going to try to embarrass anybody or nothing like that. But you know what they are. And all of us have something in our life, or maybe we used to have it, and we know if if we were to keep doing that kind of thing, it would prevent us from being holy. There are certain things that God told us, and the Scripture escapes me right now. Y'all probably know right where it's at, but He basically said that no fornicator or adulterer or any of these other things would be able to take part in His kingdom. So, Whatever all of that stuff is, it's necessary to purge that from your life. Why? So you can be perfect and you can rub other people's face in it? No. It's because you need to be transformed to the image of Christ. Now, I don't know how close we can get to that in this life. Obviously, I'm still kind of young, and I like to think of myself as young, <laughs> but, you know, there's a whole lot I hadn't seen, and I don't know how close I'm going to be able to get in this life, but I think the point is, is that I continue to try to improve, I continue to try to reach and do better and, and purge more and more of those things out of my life that prevent me from being Holy. So it's a continual process. Sanctification is not a one-time thing. You are continuously being sanctified. What does sanctified mean? Set apart for God's use. That's kind of like being holy, ain't it? You see, when, when we are sanctified, we are setting ourselves aside, we're taking all that other things, the other worldly desires, and pushing them aside and saying, this is what I want to focus on in my life is God and His will for my life. The things He would have me to do is where I want to put all my energy into. It's just like when, you know, a building, this church, it's sanctified, it's, it's for God's use. You don't, we don't use this just for, you know, town meetings and that kind of thing. This is the house of God. We don't rent it out and they have parties here and dances. I mean, we don't do that. Now, in that same regard, if you consider yourself holy, I want you to examine your life. What are you taking part in? What kind of things are you allowing in your life? What kind of things do you allow to go through your mind? Who do you hang around with? What kind of things do you take part in? Are those things conducive to your holiness? Do, or is it something that, that builds you up, that exhorts you to do better, that increases your faith? Or is it something that you're just hanging on to? Something that you should have got rid of ten years ago? Is it something that is tearing down your holiness every time you take part in it? You see, these are the kind of things that no matter what they are, they cause you to not be separated. Not be called out from among them, as the Word tells us. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now Paul tells us here that it is reasonable of God to expect us to be holy once again, God didn't tell you to do anything if it wasn't possible. He says it's reasonable for him to expect that of you. You know, some of us think, well, man, that's just too hard. You You can't expect me to live like that. You can't expect me to reach that kind of standard. You set the bar too high. Well, Paul just told us it was reasonable for him to expect that. Why is it reasonable? Well, let's see. God went to all the trouble to give us the law. You, look, you, if you go back and read the Old Testament, it wasn't just a one-time thing. This went on over years and years, thousands of years. He went to all the trouble to put prophecy in place, to tell about His Son coming. He went to all the trouble to send His Son to die on the cross for your sins. And provide this way of redemption and salvation so that you can come back into fellowship with Him and be holy. So it's reasonable for Him to expect after all His effort in reaching out to you and bringing you into His marvelous light, as the Word says, it's reasonable for Him to expect for you to uphold that little bit of being holy. He provided a way for you to be holy. Now, you need to be holy. Holy. You see? So, being holy. I'm going to tell you all right now, it ain't easy. You know, when when I was saved for the first day or two, it's pretty easy to be holy, ain't it? Oh, man, I ain't ever doing none of that again. Uh-uh. You couldn't make me go back and do that again. You know, I've heard people that lost weight say the same thing. Man, I feel so much better after I lost all that weight. I ain't ever going to gain no weight back again. And then six months down the line, you see I'm putting on a few pounds. It's the same thing. You see that newness wears off after a little bit. And before you know it, all of a sudden you realize, I haven't changed that much in my flesh. Yeah, there's this new creation, but there's a divide there, ain't there? And it's real easy to live in the flesh. And it's a whole lot of work to live in the Spirit. You see, it's a whole lot of work to keep that weight off too. It's a whole lot of work to get up and exercise and to eat right. Eat the things you don't want to eat, but you can't eat the things you do want to eat. And You see the connection here? It's the same thing. It's real easy to live in the flesh and do the things you want to do, but it's real hard to put that flesh in subjection and say, you know what? I ain't doing that no more. See, he talks about this in the second verse there. He says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? It means if you're going to be successful at being holy, you've got to have a change of heart and mind. There's got to be a change take place, not just in your spirit, but in your carnal mind. You've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, if you keep thinking the same way and doing the same things, you can't expect a different result from what you've had before. And if you do, that's the definition of insanity. You see, if you keep doing the same thing, looking for different results, you're legally, that's insanity. But we do that, don't we? We think, well, I'm saved now. I'm okay. Everything's looking up. But yet, we haven't changed. The only thing we've changed is our spiritual nature. Our carnal nature is still alive and kicking. I'm going to tell you all something. If you expect to... Ever come into the place where you can say, "Okay, I'm holy." You're gonna to have to separate yourself from those things you used to do, and the people you used to be with, and the the places you used to go. I, I hate to even say things like this because I feel like I'm gonna pick on somebody, or you know. And I don't really think anybody here has a problem with this, but an example easy and an easy example is. If you used to have a problem with drinking, it's probably a good idea not to go to a liquor store or not to go to a bar. You know, if if that is a problem for you, I realize some people have addictions. Some people are addicted to things like that. If you have that kind of problem, it's probably a good idea to separate yourself from that if you want to be holy. You see, because the very next thing you know... When you get back into that kind of place is you're going to want some of that thing that you used to have. That's just human nature. The only way to overcome that, I believe God can deliver you from it, but I guarantee you, you've got to walk in that deliverance. And what does that mean? Y'all understand what walking in deliverance means? You see, God can remove the desire, but I guarantee you, if you allow yourself to become tempted by your own doing, that deliverance He provided from you can be trampled on. Amen. You see, it's it's because you're wanting to fulfill your own lustful desires. Amen. Lust is not always about a sexual thing. But when you put yourself in that position, you just basically said, God, I don't need deliverance right now. I'm going to do what I want to do. You understand? Amen. Look, I can say this kind of stuff because I know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Holiness only comes about by transformation. Transformation. Like I said a while ago, you stay stay the way you are. Are you holy now? If I look at myself now, I would have to say, I'm holier than I used to be, but I don't know that I would say I'm holy. You know what I mean? I think there's a difference there. So I have to look at myself and say, Do I want to stay the way I am? Or do I think I can do better? You see, the the transformation has to take place in my mind. I have to say, I don't want to be that way anymore. And I'm going to do what it takes to to change that. You see, there has to be this war. There's always this war going on between your spiritual and your carnal side. And you have to get enough spiritual growth to the point where you can... You can take charge as a spiritual person and say the flesh has won long enough. And it's time to overcome. It's time to raise up and decide I'm going to be holy because God said I need to be holy. For no other reason than that. I mean, that's good enough. Just because He said you need to be. Separating yourself is, is the biggest thing. Now look, I know I've already said this, but I'm going to go over it again to some extent. Maybe the example I use doesn't apply to you, and you don't understand where I'm going with it. Let's use the. Well, y'all, know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Look, if you, <coughs> Here, here's here's my problem. Okay. I get I get so comfortable in doing the things I do. No matter what it is, if they don't start. They start seeming like it's really a bad thing. Because I become so complacent with things I've allowed in my life, I, it's hard for me to see how it's taking control. Do you understand? Now. I'm not talking about alcohol and drugs. I'm not talking about big things like that. But you see, it doesn't have to be something big like that that the world says is sin in order for it to prevent me from being holy. Anything I allow to come between me and God, something that that I use to... Justify, not really justify, anything that I allow to take God's place in my life. You see, it may not even be that bad of a thing. Maybe it's TV. Man, I'm going to tell y'all, TV is a major problem for me. And I fight it. It's just like a weight loss thing. I fight it back and forth all the time. I'll say, okay, I am not gonna waste this much time on TV anymore. Probably a month ago I told Rhonda, At nine o'clock, we're turning the TV off. And I'm gonna read my Bible and pray, do what I need to do. I'm gonna do this every night. There's no point why there's no reason why I shouldn't. My kids are in bed by eight most nights. So why should I waste that hour? Because, you know, around ten ish I start thinking about trying to go to bed. Why am I wasting this hour watching something that I could just easily record and watch later? The technology's there. Instead, I want to watch TV and then about 10, 30, 11 o'clock go to bed and then, oh, I need to read my Bible. And I'm, you know, can't hardly keep my eyes open. You see, that that's not a sin to watch TV. But that TV is getting in the way of my holiness. You see, by allowing that TV to rule me like that, I'm allowing my fleshly desire to overcome my spiritual desire. See, my spiritual desire is always to serve God to my fullest, to do the best I can to read and study His Word, not just because I can say I read the Bible, but so I understand more about God. So I can spend time praying. I mean, that is my spiritual desire to do His will. My spiritual desires are perfect and holy. But my fleshly desires, no matter how innocent they may seem, get in the way all the time. And they prevent that holiness from taking root in my life. You see, I I would be afraid to stand up here and tell y'all I'm holy. Because I'm, I don't know, I think God would probably seriously convict me afterwards. I don't even want to go there. But it's that separation that allows us, gives us the opportunity to see transformation. You see, when you stay in the same situations. No matter what your intentions are. You know, there was a time when I worked at a job. And I'm going to tell y'all, I'll just be flat out honest with y'all. I had the foulest mouth you could ever imagine. I mean, it was probably a little worse than when I was in the army, but not quite as bad. Or not that much worse. But, I mean... Look, I can't hardly speak a sentence without using profanity. That's how bad it was. And that's just habit. You start doing it enough, it becomes habit. You can't use descriptive words without using using profanity. And you know, there came a point at this job that I had a change of heart. And I realized the error in my ways and I repented. And I, I began going to church again and trying to do what I needed to do. But you know what? I already had a precedent set. And I was around people that already knew me to use these words, and they used them as well. You know, it's hard to make a change when you're in the presence of that. When you live it all day, five days a week or more, and you say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. But before you know it, look, you don't only have your own battles to face. You've got the battles of those around you. The criticism and the the peer pressure, the influence of them. The only way to fix that is to separate yourself. Luckily, God blessed me with another job. And I was able to go into this job and start clean. And get that out of my life. Because I separated myself. Now, you know, it was through His provision I was able to do that. Not everybody has that opportunity. But just use that as an example to apply in your life, whatever your problem may be, you've got to separate yourself to allow there to be a transformation that takes place. You see, transformation is not going to take place without you renewing your mind and separating yourself from whatever the problem may be. Holiness requires transformation. And that, I believe, requires separation. God told Abraham to come out from among them. He called him out. Why? Do you think God couldn't do something through Abraham while he was amongst all the idol worship and everything else? Look, God's God. But He knew if there's going to be a change in Abraham, He couldn't stay there. See, He saw something in Abraham. He knew something about Abraham. He created him. But He knew if He was to stay there, that nothing would happen the way it needed to. Because He was in the middle of all of that sin. Now you may find yourself in the middle of sin. I don't know how your work conditions are or what you deal with on a daily basis. Maybe it's your family. I don't know. But whatever situation you find yourself in, and listen, it may hurt to separate yourself. I've got a friend right now that I'm gonna tell y'all, I like him a lot. He's a good guy, but he he doesn't live a holy life. I would venture to say he's probably not saved. And you know, there's been many times he's invited me to go do something with him, and luckily I've always been busy. I really have. I haven't I haven't had to lie to him yet. <laughs> but. I cannot go be part of what he's doing. And you know, the things he's going to do are not bad. It's not bad to go to a gun show. It's not bad to go shoot guns, but listen, I know him. I know what he stands for. I know what he believes. I know how he talks. I know the things he talks about. And I know what he's going to do when he gets there. And I can't be part of that. You know, there's a part of me that wants to be. There's a part of me that wants to join in and and have fun and laugh it up. But there's now, thankfully, there's a bigger part of me that says, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be part of that. You know what's going to happen. You know, we try to lie to ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we tell ourselves, well, it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad. Don't blame the devil. Don't Don't try to blame the devil for telling you that. I'm going to tell you right now, it's your flesh. Because, you see, your flesh wants to. It ain't the devil putting that desire in you. Now, he may tempt you. He may bring on temptation. But I'm going to tell you that desire is in your flesh. That's why the Word says that you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh if you want to walk in the Spirit. Because it's in your flesh...